Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was the biggest police operation of its kind ever in this country. Synchronized raids in two states against a religious sect known as the Children of God. Welcome back to Rogue Darkness, the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From cults and ritualistic killings to brainwashing and extremist beliefs of the world around us, let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. I'm your host of the grim and gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime, the case of the infamous Children of God cult. The Children of God, which is now referred to as the Family International, or TFI for short, is a cult that was founded by David Brandt Berg, along with his wife and children, in Huntington Beach, California, back in 1968. The cult was originally named Teens for Christ, and ultimately gained notoriety under the name Children of God, which is what I'll be referring to it as throughout this episode. Children of God was later renamed and reorganized as the Family of Love, which was eventually shortened to just the family. It is now currently named the Family International and has remained TFI since 2004. So I'm sure you're wondering what events and atrocities had occurred to have caused them to change their names so many times. We'll get into that shortly. First, let's go back to the very beginning and the inception of this off-putting cult. David Berg, the lead founder of Children of God, was a former Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor. During his leadership of Children of God, he went by numerous names, including, but not limited to, Moses David, King, the last end-time prophet, Moses, and David. So you can see that he truly believed he was a real prophet, and that he had something special to share with the world. When the cult was first formed, they would evangelize all throughout California, many times picketing outside local churches to try and persuade members of the churches to join their movement. Due to this, the cult received strong pushback and resistance from the local churches. So then, Berg decided to take the whole group of about 40 people at that time on the road. This would lead to them moving all around the nation, spreading their ideologies among several states, and eventually internationally as well. 
Once recruitment took place and there was a rapidly expanding fellowship within the cult, Berg would communicate with his followers by writing them letters, referred to as Mo Letters. Mo Letters were letters of instruction and counsel on a myriad of spiritual and practical subjects. The letters were used as a way to spread their ideologies and to introduce policies and religious doctrine to the followers. Berg's writings were often extreme and uncompromising in their denunciation of what he believed to be evil, such as mainstream churches, pedophilia laws, capitalism, and Jews. Yet he always admonished the reader to love the sinner but hate the sin. It is reported that Berg had published nearly 3,000 of his mole letters over a period of 24 years. Berg himself, along with his direct family, lived in seclusion, so the Mo letters were their way of continually communicating with the following, without presently being with the group. And that's something I find extremely odd about this whole movement and the leadership. In one letter written in January of 1972, Berg stated that he was God's prophet for the contemporary world, attempting to further solidify his spiritual authority among the growing group. The cult used sex, believe it or not, as a way to spread their message, and the notion of sexual sharing within the cult was expressed in a 1980 Mo letter titled, The Devil Hates Sex, But God Loves It. Berg promoted doctrines that mainstream Christians denounce as heretical, including encouraging adultery as being what he called revolutionary. However, many of his present-day followers argue that his writings are actually permeated with the love of God. So you can see how they fail to see how negative his writings were and apparently still are. Despite some of the apparent downfalls of the cult, by 1972, the group had already established 130 communities around the country. The communities were essentially communes that they proceeded to grow in various cities. The communes were first referred to as colonies, and they're now referred to as homes or, as I mentioned, communities. So even though their movement was frowned upon by many mainstream churches, the cult continued and continues to expand and grow all throughout the country. Besides their regular evangelizing in the streets, the cult also began distributing pamphlets as a means to grow their membership even further, much like we see in other religious groups that many refer to as cults as well. As the cult continued to grow, the leadership and hierarchy within it grew as well. The higher-ups within the cult soon coined the term, the chain, which, much like you'd expect, symbolized the levels of their power among the group. The Children of God in name was officially abolished in February of 1978 due to several reports of serious misconduct and financial mismanagement. The chain, which again is the leadership's, abuse of authority, and disagreements within it about the continued use of flirty fishing. Due to the rising accusations against the cult, Berg reorganized and renamed the movement many times over the years. And if you're wondering what flirty fishing is, it's exactly what it sounds like. Flirty fishing, sometimes referred to as FFing for short, was a form of evangelizing that the female cult members would use to draw in and recruit new members. Its main method of allure, you might ask? In more depth, flirty fishing was an evangelizing method of sorts through which Berg encouraged his female members to show God's love through sexual relationships with potential converts. And then my father said, why, it's exactly the same day we got this prophecy called the flirty fish. And he said, why, it's amazing. He said, this is exactly what God was revealing to us, that there 
there would be instances in which we would have to portray God's love in a physical way and that there was nothing wrong with it. Flirty fishing was practiced by members of Berg's inner circle starting in 1973 and was introduced to the general members in 1976 and then soon became common practice within the cult. In some areas, flirty fishers even used escort agencies to meet potential converts. According to TFI, over 100,000 people had received God's gift of salvation through Jesus, and some chose to live the life of a disciple and missionary as a result of flirty fishing. Really let that information simmer. Researcher Bill Brainbridge obtained data from the cult suggesting that, from 1974 to 1987, members of the cult had sexual contact with a total of 223,989 people while practicing flirty fishing. How they tracked that specific number, I have no clue. But that's definitely a lot of promiscuous fishing happening to have that large of a number. Children of God definitely took the notion of spreading the word and love of God to a whole new level. So now you can see how within the cult, the ideologies taught and the mode of persuasion they used to gain more followers, there's actually an even larger issue than that that would ultimately lead to the movement's initial demise. The cult had been accused of sexually abusing and raping minors within the organization, with considerable evidence to support this claim. It has been reported that one-eighth of the total membership left the movement due to these accusations. Many of the followers were open-minded to the sexuality among the group. However, pedophilia was often overlooked or not even noticed. That alone is extremely disturbing. Those members who remained in the cult despite the revelation of ongoing pedophilia became part of the reorganized movement called the Family of Love, and later the Family. The majority of the group's beliefs remained the same, with just the name being changed to try and continue doing what they did and attempting to be under the radar. So I'm now going to go over a little backstory on Berg to help define him and his family's role within the cult, alongside being the founder and the main leaders. Within the cult, David Berg had married his first wife, Jane Miller, who's also referred to as Mother Eve by the Children of God. He had married her on July 22, 1944 in Glendale, California. They had four children together, Linda, who was referred to as Deborah within the cult, Paul, who had died in April of 1973, who was referred to as Aaron within the group, Jonathan Emmanuel, who was referred to as Hosea within the group, and Faith. Berg had then also proceeded to marry his second wife, Karen Zerby, who among the cult was given the name Maria Berg. Karen Zerby is currently the head leader of the Family International, according to reports. David Berg informally adopted Ricky Rodriguez, the son of his second wife, Karen Zerby, in the 1970s and 1980s, sexually suggestive photos of Rodriguez, who was also named Davidito within the cult, was pictured with adult caretakers and were disseminated throughout the group by Berg and Zerbe in a child-rearing handbook known as The Story of Davidito. In January 2005, Ricky Rodriguez murdered one of those female caretakers shown in the handbook before taking his own life several hours later. These acts alone give us a small glimpse into the demented world that the cult had immersed the members and their children in. Using children in such a vile way as a means of spreading their message to the masses was not only wrong, but incredibly horrifying, especially knowing that the cult is still around, albeit under a new name. 
After the accusations of child abuse and rape emerged, Berg went into hiding from 1971 until the day he died. He apparently died on October 1, 1994 in Portugal. He was buried in Costa de Caparica, and his remains have since been cremated. After his death in 1994, his second wife, Karen Zerbe, a.k.a. Maria Berg, took over the family. It is said that there were an approximate 6,000 adults and 3,000 children as members of the family worldwide, in 50 countries. Over the years, despite their attempts at reorganization and renaming, there have been ongoing investigations of the family and their involvement in child abuse and prostitution in many countries, including Argentina, France, Spain, Australia, Venezuela, and Peru. So this was the disturbing case of the Children of God cult. It's extremely disturbing how so many people were and still are brainwashed into following such a destructive group and their warped ideologies and practices. The fact that the cult is still around is enough to send shivers down anyone's spine. As always, let me know your thoughts on this case and feel free to contact me with any questions or suggestions at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. Or you can also DM me directly on Instagram at rogue underscore darkness. All the information I found will be linked down below if you want to look into it further on your own, as well as my email and my Instagram handle. So definitely check those out if interested. Be sure to share this podcast with your family and friends. And if you like what you hear, it'd be awesome if you could leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever else you can leave a review. With that said, that concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time.